Hello and welcome to an all new episode of the Economics in Business podcast. I'm your host, Freddie Martin. So climate change poses one of the greatest threats to our world at the moment and fears over our ability to tackle this issue are growing. Whilst obviously changing behaviours is going to be fundamental to addressing the issue, increasingly people are turning to developing new technology to help improve efficiency. Today I'm joined by two economists from our team, Sloane Gole and Edmund Lee, who were part of a team commissioned by Microsoft to look at how one such technology, AI, can be used in the fight against climate change. Thank you both for joining me today. Thank you, Freddie. Thank you. Uh, I was wondering first, Edmund, could you give me some background as to why Microsoft commissioned this work? So Microsoft already uh, has been running this AI for Earth program, which uh, they awards grants to projects that use artificial intelligence to address issues in climate change and biodiversity. So they would like to know more about the impact of the program and as well as the relative importance of uh, different areas that they choose to invest in. So they ask us to look into different AI applications in four key sectors, which are agriculture, energy, transport and water. And that's how we started this program and that culminated in this public report in the public domain. Right. So this is clearly quite a large and complicated question to answer then. Uh, I was wondering, how did you decide to approach the issue? How did you break down the problem? So in short, there are three steps. In the first step, we looked at 16 different applications or pathways that AI could be applied to four sectors, how they're going to improve productivity in different ways. In the second step, we then put in put these quantifi- quantified numbers into our big economic and environmental model. So that could be to map out how industries are linked to each other, how households would react, how the feedback loop between mitigated climate change and better economic outcome would look like. And after doing this modeling exercise, in the third step, we then mapped out what kind of recommendations there could be for Microsoft to prioritize their work and what everyone in the policy and technology community can do to make our future more sustainable. So that's looking at businesses and governments and individuals? Yes. So what was the impact of this report uh, in, for clients or in the general media? Um, so I must say it was truly groundbreaking research. As uh, Edmund highlighted, this is one of the few studies that sits at the intersection of artificial intelligence and climate change. Um, For Microsoft particularly, our study is helping them inform their investment strategy for the AI for Earth Fund. Uh, It's a $50 million fund, and uh, as Edmund mentioned, they're looking to uh, use this fund uh, for AI applications that are targeted towards sectors like agriculture, water, um, energy, transport, and other sectors with a sustainable angle. Our study is providing them the evidence uh, to understand which applications have the greatest environmental and economic benefit. Moving beyond Microsoft, uh, the study has attracted a lot of media attention from the likes of Forbes. We've been invited to speak at conferences like the AI for Good Global Summit and the COGEX Summit, which is UK's largest artificial intelligence summit. So in this world where um, most of the AI debate is around labor automation and robots stealing our jobs, I think our study really widens the debate 
or and adds a positive angle yeah, as well. Exactly, yeah. and adds a positive angle on how we can leverage this technology for tackling some of the deepest problems uh, out our Earth faces today. That's incredibly impressive, uh, and shows actually. So the report will actually be very influential in directing tens of millions of pounds of yes, investment. Yes, exactly. We would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> So you're talking about these AI levers. Could you talk about some specific examples? Because it's quite hard to imagine how AI technology can be used in these different sectors. No, absolutely. So one of the examples I would pick uh, would be from agriculture, just because, well, as you said, it's quite difficult to kind of imagine how you know AI would play a role in these sectors. So something we studied was around precision monitoring of environmental conditions. So this includes application of field sensors to monitor local weather conditions uh, and crop health to exactly understand the precise level of inputs required. So for example, based on the crop health and the temperature and moisture conditions, it would recommend uh, the amount of water that the crop needs, the amount of fertilizers and pesticides that should be used. Now, uh, taking a step back, the advantage of all of this is the cost savings that are enjoyed by the sector because of the precise uh, measurement, you're able to use less number of inputs, less amount of inputs, but get the same yield. Because there's no waste at all. The, uh, yeah, there's no wastage and um, you're precisely monitoring uh, the need of the crop. So oh, as a result, we modeled that uh, the agriculture uh, sector, for example, would enjoy all these productivity benefits and cost reductions from applications uh, such as precision monitoring. And were there any other levers that had a particularly large impact that you studied? Yeah, I guess one of the la uh, levers or pathways with a larger impact would be the smart monitoring and management of energy consumption. So to start with, um, we're trying to move to a world where energy is more renewable. One problem we would often face is that renewable energy like solar and wind, some of them are actually quite variable. Sometimes you get wind and sometimes you don't. Uh, so one thing that could be done is to use artificial intelligence and Internet of Things technology to more actively monitor and to optimize how energy is used and how some non-essential machines and appliances can be switched on and off from time to time. Uh, and we can also adjust prices of energy, either wholesale or retail, to allow uh, people to respond to these price signals. And that could allow energy to be used when it's cheapest and to uh, reduce wastage. And as a result, there will be a twofold impact. One, it could mean a lower cost base for certain industries, which means they can produce more, become more efficient. And on the other hand, that could also mean lower energy consumption and a more renewable energy mix, which means less carbon emission. So it seems actually there's many different applications of AI across all these different sectors yes. in order to really yes, pinpoint and, exactly And we are just what uh, looking at mean. a subset of what's possible. Right. Yeah. And so overall, what were the results of your report? 
I'm going to break this question into two parts because, uh, as we said, we are looking at how AI can enable a sustainable future. So this involves environmental benefits, but at the same time, we're also looking at economic benefits of these applications. So focusing on the second one, which is uh, the economic benefits, we found that our AI for environment applications have the potential to boost global GDP by up to 4.4% by 2030. Uh, this is relative to business as usual. This amounts to an economic uplift of 5.2 trillion US dollars. Uh, this is mainly driven by automation of manual and routine tasks, savings of specific inputs, for example, in the case of precision monitoring, saving of specific pesticides, water, etc., for the same amount of yield, and in general, higher productivity enjoyed by different sectors in the economy. Looking at the second pillar, which is environmental benefits, we found that AI for environment applications can reduce global greenhouse gas emissions by up to 4% by 2030. So this would accelerate the move to a, a low carbon world because this amounts to a reduction of 2.4 gigatons of carbon equivalents. Just to kind of put this number in context, this 2.4 gigatons is equivalent to the 2030 annual emissions of Australia, Canada and Japan combined. Wow. <laughs> so we are looking at quite a significant reduction in our GHGs. And that also kind of goes against the idea that environmental policies have to be expensive or, yes, or cost us. Exactly, we can exactly. And reduce emissions. Yes, at the same because time. Yes. you're boosting economic growth while also benefiting the environment. And are there any regional differences uh, across the world in these impacts? Yeah, th that's a very good question. So we found that the economic benefits and actually the environmental benefits as well are predominantly captured by uh, Europe, North America and East Asia. And you can imagine that this is primarily because of the higher propensity to adopt new technology, their current digital readiness level and current proportion of large proportion of skilled workforce. So uh, these are the regions that would gain the most as per our study. But we also believe that with targeted public and private sector investments and with proper upskilling of labor force, regions like Latin America and Sub-Saharan Africa can also leapfrog and go beyond these modeled projections. So there's, there's a real scope yeah. for policy Yes, there. there's some part to be played by public and private sector yeah, I guess players. that's not the only story there. The, uh, another story is that multiple uh, studies are saying that the tropical regions are going to be more adversely affected by climate change. Put this way, mitigated economic loss is an economic gain compared to the baseline of business as usual, which means by mitigating climate change, we are bringing positive economic change, positive economic outcomes to Africa, South America, and uh, Southeast Asia. And that would become more and more pronounced in the, in the future, in the further future beyond 2030. Right. So the regional element is actually very key here. Yeah. Uh, one concern that many people have over AI technology is this idea of labour automation. So robots coming in and taking people's jobs, etc. Did you find that, that there was increased unemployment I guess there are two la uh, layers to this, right? What, uh, of course, uh, technology would m mean that uh, certain jobs would become, uh, humans can do it more efficiently and a fewer people would be needed, but it would also create more demand for new goods and services as a result of the society become more productive and richer. So, uh, indeed, the good news is in our report, what we found is that the AI applications 
in the four key sectors would create 38.2 million more jobs in net terms across the world. That's 1%, 1.0% on the current global workforce. The the region most benefited is East Asia, followed by Europe, uh, partly because they both have a very educated workforce, but also a very balanced uh, industry mix. On the other hand, you can see that uh, Indo-Pacific, which is South and Southeast Asia, might have a slightly negative impact on their employment because despite they benefit most in percentage terms in white-collar working-level jobs, they are very agriculture-intensive and as a result, they would probably have uh, require more investment into reskilling and probably improving their industry mix. Interesting. So this research has led to some really fascinating results, but it does beg the question of where do we go from here? I was wondering if either of you had thoughts on, on what you think governments and businesses can take from this research into using AI to tackle climate change. Yeah, um, I think that's a very important question. Um, all of us, businesses and governments and societies, need to move forward on different dimensions in order to make the positive scenario we have just highlighted a realistic scenario. So if you look at businesses first, then uh, one of the key elements is the adoption of responsible AI. So all these large tech companies that are deep into the digital transformation need to champion responsible technology practices that uh, take not just the economic benefit into account, but also the social and environmental benefits and basically focus on long-term value creation for everyone in the society. Um, If you look at governments, there's an urgent need to address gaps in digital infrastructure. And as we highlighted earlier, uh, this need is more significant in some sectors and in some regions like Sub-Saharan Africa and Latin America. There's also an urgent need to reskill and upskill certain sections of the labor force. So as Edmund was saying, that uh, depending on the sector and depending on the regions, certain sections tend to lo- or stand to lose out uh, as of now. So there's an urgent need to make sure that involved in um, this technological transformation and uh, they're trained so that they can get absorbed in the new jobs that are created as a result of AI. And actually learning from our previous experience in technological change and how do we actually help people to move careers uh, without uh, loss, yeah. of course. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, we've seen some of the results already and it's not good for everyone at the end. Overall, it seems like there are a lot of different policy implications taken from the report. But my overall impression is that it's actually a very positive outlook. Definitely. Uh, As we said, there's a significant potential for gains, both economic and environmental. And with proper uh, policy action in this area and with proper action from the businesses, uh, we can achieve this positive scenario that we have outlined. Well, thank you both for joining me for a really interesting discussion today. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. If you'd like to find out more about the research that our PwC team did, please take a look in the description for our podcast for a link to the full report, as well as some really great interactive data tools powered by Microsoft. And thank you for joining us. Please subscribe.